Hi friends. Today, I hope everybody is doing good. First off, before I say anything, I hope everybody day is going well. I hope, you know, things are going well with you and your family, so forth and so on. And I hope that if anything is going on with you that may not be good or something or you may be going through or you may be struggling i'm asking that god gives you the strength and the understanding and the wisdom to get through it now that that said i want to talk to you all about a serious subject and it's not one of those subjects where i'm telling y'all about my baby daddy or i'm telling y'all about something that done happened blase squase or something that is happening this is a serious subject and today i want to talk about faith and me, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not a pastor. I, I want to make that completely clear. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a deacon. I'm not somebody who's so into the church that I'm in there seven days a week. I'm not going to sit here and say that. I I don't go to church, which I should go to church, you know, but I'm always working. And if I'm not working, I'm usually tired or whatever the case may be. I'm just going to say since COVID has started, I haven't been to church in a while. But I am, with that said, I am a strong believer in God. I'm a, a strong believer in God because of the simple fact I know what he did in my life. I know where I came from. I've known how many times I should have been dead and gone and God still kept me around. And even then, I couldn't understand it. But it's like as I get older, I'm starting to understand it. At least I think I'm starting to understand it because how we think is not how God thinks. But anyway, so I was thinking about, you know, the word faith or what is faith. So the first thing is what I wanted to know was what was the definition of faith? I know what faith is, but I'm like, well, what does this dictionary say faith is? So when I looked in the dictionary, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't look in the dictionary. I just Googled it. And I'm like, well, define faith. And the dictionary said Faith is a complete trust in someone or something, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So I'm like, okay, well, that's what the def- the, the dictionary say faith is. I wanted to know what does the Bible say faith is. Now, Hebrews 1 and 11 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the and the conviction of things not seen. So that's basically saying that faith is just knowing that if you ask God for something, even though you may not see it now, that he's going to make it happen. Long story short. That's the only way that I could kind of think about it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That is so true. My, I'm going to tell y'all a story. And this is a, my own faith-based story. This is my story about faith. This is what made me realize that God is real and God is listening. And that God will provide if you have faith. So last year, you know, we, we've been going through this COVID thing for a while. And I don't know if I ever told you all, but I have four kids. I have one 18-year-old. I have a 15-year-old and I have two twins. They're 14. And 
my 15 year old got really sick around his birthday of last year i mean he was really sick his eyes turned had turned bloodshot red the white part was bloodshot red i was taking him to his doctor his doctor was sending me to eye doctors i went from an eye doctor back to his doctor it was just a whole lot so um the day we went to the rapids water park i just noticed that he just was not himself and you know any kid loves the rapids it's the rapids it's water slides food fun any kids love any kid loves the rapids so <laughs> excuse me um we were at the rapids and he kind of just moped around like he just did not want to be there so i'm like yeah i know something is wrong so later on that day um after we had left the rapids spent a couple of minutes at the rapids so when we left the rapids i just noticed that he was just not himself like he wasn't himself then but he really wasn't himself once we got home so i'm like okay forget it let's go to the hospital so we went to the hospital and of course um since covid was going on they tested him for covid he was negative for covid then they told me that he had strep throat and pneumonia so i'm like dang you feel me i'm like okay you know, so they end up admitting us into the hospital. And I just noticed that the more that they treated him, that his eyes were still red. They were putting eye drops in his eyes. They were still red. They were giving him steroids. They were still red. Like he just didn't look like he was getting any better. So as a mother, I'm like, these are the doctors. I'm putting my faith in the doctors because they know what they're doing. Okay, that was the first mistake. Okay putting your faith in man okay that was my first mistake so then um we were there for about four days and then um the, i remember when they let us go home i want to say about maybe three or four days after us being home he started to vomit blood so i'm like okay oh no it's time to go back to the hospital but i decided not to go to the hospital we just came from because they just let us go home so i'm thinking okay if they just let us go home excuse me y'all that's my car um if they just let us go home we're not gonna go back to the same hospital let's just go to my job since i had to go to work anyway so um me and him we went to the job about maybe one o'clock in the morning it was just me and him and um they took him in the back and they started running all these tests and they took him back really quick because of course they know me i worked there plus you know it wasn't really that busy so then um mm -mm -mm. so then once they took us back the um ran the test the doctor pulled me out of the room i knew something was wrong then when the doctor pulls you out of a room, it's just something in my spirit just told me something is wrong. So they asked me, did he smoke? Did he vape? I was like, no, he does none of that. He does none of that. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't vape. He doesn't do any of that. He's a typical 15-year-old kid. So they said, well, we were looking at the cat, um, CAT scans. And the CAT scan shows that he had lesions in his lungs the size of golf balls. They were huge. And they were on both sides. Like he was a smoker. Like the, like a lung, the lungs of a smoker. That's how his lungs look. And they also noticed that his kidneys were starting to shut down. Like they weren't functioning like they should for a kid at his age. So automatically as a mother... 
Like, they were like, we're going to have to admit him into the ICU and run some tests. So, I'm like, okay. Now, they know me. They know they see me every single day. So, they know the look in my face when I'm angry, when I'm upset, when I'm happy, or when I'm worried. Like, you work with people every day. They know. So, I just asked the doctor. I'm like, I went in there and told him I'm going to step out for a minute. And, um... I'm sorry, y'all just thinking about it makes me want to cry. But anyway, I asked him, could I step out for a minute? And he was like, yeah. And so some of the nurses came out with me and I couldn't do nothing but cry. I mean, I broke down in tears. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. And I'm just like, I, I cried so much that I could not breathe. So I had to call my mom and I'm like, I'm telling her what's going on. And my mom stays about maybe 30 minutes away from where I work. And she sped to the hospital and she got there and I'm just crying. And when she got there, I just held her so tight and I'm crying. I'm like, mama, I don't want to lose my child. I don't want to lose my child. So my mom was like, you know, calm down. You're not going to lose them. Everything's okay. Tell me what's going on. So I told her what's going on. So of course... Being that the the good people that my coworkers are, they let my mama go back while I stayed out front and just kind of got myself together. So while um they had admitted him into the ICU, and my mom ended up staying with me, so so I didn't have to miss I between me working and doing stuff like that. They just let her stay up there with me because I was not in the condition to do anything i didn't want to stick i didn't want to talk i just wanted them to fix my child so we were in icu then and don't get me wrong i mean my icu nurses were my pediatric icu nurses were amazing like they were so attentive they catered to him they catered to me and they didn't have to because just because you work with me don't mean you have to cater to me but they were so understanding and so if they were everything, like they were literally my guardian angels while I was there. So then about after three days of us being there, uh, and after seeing countless doctors there, um, I remember them telling me, you know, we suspect what's going on, but we're not sure because it's so rare that we would have to send you out to a, um, pediatric, another hospital where they have a pediatric rheumatologist so they um the nurse manager the nurse um director the pediatric director she pulled me outside and we sat down and she was like well you tell me where you want to go do you want to go to miami or do you want to go to fort lauderdale i didn't even i didn't want to go to neither one of them personal with you i just wanted y'all to fix him right here but they um but i'm like if i had to pick Send us the Fort Lauderdale, send us to Hollywood. So they set everything up um, for him to be transported out to Hollywood. Um, I went home and I packed my clothes. My mom stayed there with him while I went home and packed and did what I had to do and set up stuff before for, before it was time for us to go. So I want to say about maybe three o'clock that next morning. About three, four o'clock, they transported us him out to, um, to George DiMaggio Children's Hospital. That's in Hollywood, and 
they transported him by ambulance and i just drove behind because i'm like i need a vehicle out there we way out there when we get ready to go home i'm ready to go home so we went out there or whatever and when we got there it had to be about maybe 4 45 almost five o'clock so when we got out there you know they automatically put him in icu and I pulled my little couch thing up because they didn't have a bed over there in ICU. It was just like a little fold-out couch thing. So I pulled it next to his bed and um, he held my hand. And while he held my hand, he couldn't really talk. He was so weak, he couldn't really talk. But while he held my hand, I just talked to him and I just talked to him. I just talked to him. I just talked to him. So as I was talking to him, you know, I kind of fell asleep for a little bit. The doctor started coming in and so forth and so on. And it was like, yeah, we have to do a kidney biopsy. So I was like, okay, well, when was when would that be done? They was like, we're not waiting. We're doing it today. So they prepped him to go into surgery. And as he went into surgery, you know, as a mother, all you can do is really pray. You know, pray that everything goes good. Pray that they find out what's going on, blase squase. So they um, went in, they did the kidney um, biopsy. Once they did the kidney biopsy, no, they did a lung biopsy first. <laughs> so they did the lung biopsy first. And they was like, um, we suspect that he has what's called Wagner's, Wagner's disease. They said it was granular mitosis with polygeniitis. Yeah, it's a big word. So I'm like, wait, what? They was like, yes. Um, but the only for sure way is I know we just did a lung biopsy on him. Now we have to do a kidney biopsy. Now I'm like, well, when would a kidney biopsy be done? It was like most likely, you know, once the lung biopsy come back, if that's positive, then we'll do the kidney biopsy. So I'm like, okay, fine. So it was about maybe a couple days had went past, and um, they was like, okay, you know, we they did the lung biopsy, they get they did the kidney biopsy, they was hitting him with everything in the book, steroids and so forth and so on. He was testing for COVID like a hundred times, so forth and so on. So um, they felt like he was getting okay to where the, it was okay for him to go down to what's called the step-down unit, meaning that you're no longer in critical condition that you can go down to the step-down unit. So we were down. So they took, so I want to say after about a week and a half, two weeks of us being there, we went down to the step-down unit. Once we went down to the step-down unit, um, we were in the step-down unit for a little bit. Then he started vomiting blood. So we went back, we went, they took us from the step-down unit and put us back at ICU. So once all the results and um, all the results had then came back, you know, it was he was he. They was like, yeah, he has Wagner's disease. So I'm like, well, how do you treat it? And he was like, well, you have to hit him with chemo. You have to hit him with. We have to hit him with chemo. We have to hit him with. Um, medicines and we have to hit them with um seven sessions of plasmapheresis plasmapheresis is when they take the bad plasma out your blood out your um body and put in good plasma to help you heal so um after i was like okay well let's just get it started 
So we were in the hospital for a while, for a while. And I just got, you know, he was so weak and couldn't eat and couldn't keep anything down that it was hard for him to give, get blood from him. So in order to do plasmapheresis, he had to go through another surgery and get a catheter input into this neck so they can filter his blood. So when they told me about the third surgery, at that point in time, I was just so distraught and so over it because he had been through so much that I'm like, you know what? I need to I need to have God intervene. Like I can't take it no more. I was at the break. I was at like I didn't want him to see me like that. And due to the fact that COVID was going on and still is, I couldn't have no family. I couldn't have no friends. I couldn't have nobody around me. It was just me. So, so um, we went. So I was like, I went to my asked him. I'm like, well, how long before he has to have that? That was like, we're gonna do that today. Like, everything was just happening so quickly. Everything was happening so quickly, but him healing. Okay? Everything was happening quickly, but he wasn't getting better quickly. So, by the, th- by the time they told me it was time for, me to ha- time for him to have the third surgery, and it was like, we'll be taking him back in a couple of hours, I removed myself from the room. I removed myself from the room, and I went in my car, and I kind of... Um, drove around the corner and it's a huge hospital so I told him to give me some time and kind of get my thoughts together and they was like yeah you have a couple hours before it's even time for him to go back but by the time like I said by the time that third surgery came I was so tired and so fed up that I'm just like I need God to intervene in my situation I need God to come and intervene in his situation so I went to my car and I had a heart to heart with God. Now it's not, it wasn't no Lord, Heavenly Father. And it was like, God, in the name of Jesus, I need you to come like right now. Like I need you. Like I'm in tears. I'm crying. I'm talking about, I'm bawling and I'm just talking to him and I'm talking to him and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, I said these exact words. I said, Lord, I have faith in you. And if you can't do it, nobody can. I'm not putting my faith in these doctors. I'm putting my faith in you. And it was like when I said those words, I felt so at peace. Like it's hard to explain. Like I felt like my body was like, it's going to be okay. My spirit was at peace because my spirit was so heavy. So, I dried my eyes. I went back into my son's room. I cleared the... (laughs) Excuse me, y'all. I cleared the doctors and the nurses out. I cleared everyone out. I told them, I need to have a heart-to-heart with my son before he go back. So, and they were very understanding. They was like, okay, do what you have to do. So, once I cleared them out, I shut the door. I put on a song. And I held his hand and we prayed. And not once did he cry. My baby was so strong. Not once did he cry. And I didn't cry. And I tried not to cry in front of him. But when you're talking to God, sometimes you just can't help it. So I'm holding his hand and I'm, and I'm just praying. And we're praying. And once I say, and let it be done, I was okay. I told him, now you go in there and you do what you have to do. 
we went down and he went in. I want to say he wasn't back there no more than about 30 minutes to an hour at the most. They came out, they was like, everything was successful. So, when um, they came out, they said everything was successful. We went back to the room and he kind of slowly woke up. And now he had a big catheter in his neck. But, you know, he wasn't running a fever. His body wasn't rejecting it. You know, he no longer had to get pulled. They can do everything from what they had going on in his neck. So, they started the treatment on him. And I want to say the treatment was about two weeks almost three weeks so by this time we had not been in the hospital going on all summer so almost three months because i think we he got out of the hospital a week before school was supposed to start so um days went um after he had after he started receiving the treatment i just noticed that each day he was looking better and better his eyes were clearing up he was talking he was trying to walk. He wasn't vomiting. Like you can see that every day just got better and better, better, better and better, better and better, better and better, better and better. So today was like, you know what? Like he can heal at home. Like we don't. He, I, we think he's out of the woods. We know he's out of the woods. You know we can we can continue treatment. You know outside of the home every couple of months. You have to come back and get chemo. Blase squaza, you know, you have doctor's appointment, but he will no longer have to be in the hospital. And when I say I knew I had so much faith that that day when I went in my car and I prayed, I knew God was going to do it. I just had to be patient and have faith that he was going to do it. Like, it, even just going through everyday life, that's just my particular, that's one of my particular faith-based stories that I personally have, my personal experience with God. I'm not talking about nobody else's personal experience with God. I'm talking about my own personal experience with God. This is what God did for me. I can't talk about nobody else. Even if you're a single parent or a single father, single mother, if you're taking care of a sick family member, even you know every day that you have to have faith. You have to have faith that things are going to happen. Y'all got to excuse some of the noise in the background on my side. It's such a beautiful day here in Palm Beach that I just wanted to do my podcast outside. Not thinking that it was other distractions, but anyway, you have to have faith. Like, I've, I've raised four kids, and people ask me how I did it. Like, you don't, they was like, you don't look a day over 23. No, baby, I'm pushing 40. It was like, well, how can you do it with four teenage kids? It wasn't nothing but faith. It wasn't nothing but the faith I had in God that I was able to do it. But don't get it twisted. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So you just can't have faith and not be making anything happen. You have to make something happen in order for, you know, God to show you something. Faith without works is dead. That means you just got a whole lot of faith and you ain't doing no work. Like, and I have to remember that every day that I wake up, I have, the Bible, Bible says you only have to have faith of a mustard seed. So, you know how tiny a mustard seed is? People got more faith in their dudes or their women or their jobs or their careers or their business 
God said he ain't asking for all that. He only want a tiny bit of faith. Believe that he is who he say he is. And it's like I'm still. I know that. But don't get me wrong. I fall, fall short every single day. I'm not saying on my faith. But in other areas. I have to have faith that God is going to make it work. But if I'm not doing anything to make it work. My faith is gonna be faith is, is gonna be dead. And I just won't, you know what I'm saying? It's like I sit back and I sit, I try to incorporate God now. I'm gonna say now. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I told y'all from the beginning, I don't go to church like that. But I do listen to a positive word. I do listen to a sermon. I do listen to something that brings me closer to God, especially in the day that we're living in now. People talking about just COVID, 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 COVID. Yeah, I understand what they're saying. You know, COVID is real, blase, squase. But it's not just COVID that we deal with in everyday life. You got people in domestic violence relationships. You got people struggling to feed their families. You got people struggling to pay their bills. You got people struggling in the... Just struggling, period. I can go on and on and on and on and on. But I'm talking so fast that my mind can't think that fast. But it's like, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. I don't care what it seems like. I don't care what you're going through. Have faith. You don't need much of it. You just need to have a little bit of it. A little bit of it. It is, trust me, like, the devil has played with my mind so many times over the years that it wasn't nothing but God who kept me grounded. It wasn't nothing but God who stopped me from pulling the trigger and blowing my brains out. It wasn't nothing for God. It wasn't nothing but God that made me not want to run my ass over a bridge somewhere because I was just catching it from all ends. All ends. And it's like, I just all I had to do was have a little faith. And if he can do it for me, I know he could do it for y'all. I know he can do it for y'all. Because I'm not perfect. Trust me. Trust me. I deal with my own demons. I deal with uh, some demons. Thank God I ain't dealing with no legions. You can deal with a demon and you can deal with a legion. And trust me, I'm only, I deal with my own set of demons. But I pray that every day that goes by, my spirits get stronger and stronger. You know, my flesh is going to fall short all the time. I just don't want to fall short and continue making the same mistakes. And I just say like, like when I'm, when I feel like my faith is getting low, or if I feel like something is not happening for me, it's a couple of scriptures people should read. Like, not just me, anybody. Like Ephesians 6 and 16, Matthew 21 and 21, Romans 1 and 7, Romans 10 and 9, Mark 11 and 24, James 1 and 3, James 2 and 17. All these are scriptures about faith. And if he did it for them, you don't think he can't do it for us? <coughs> Excuse me. The time, the times change. God never changes. God is going to be God today, tomorrow, and forever. 
He was God yesterday. He was God the day before yesterday. He was God 20 years ago. He was God 5 million years ago. Whatever the case may be. I don't even think it's been a 5 million year. But who knows. He was still God. Nothing exists without him. Including us. Including us. Like I said, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a deacon in a church. I'm not a first lady. I'm not none of that. I'm just somebody, a human being, talking to other human beings about what I know about faith. And I'm pretty sure if you sit back and you think about it, you don't had your own encounters with God. That you had to do nothing, that all you had was your faith. You ain't had a fun, all you had was your muster seed of faith. And he made it happen for you. I'm pretty sure if I have it, y'all have it. Anybody have it. Like you don't sit back and think about it, but when you do, you be like, you're not, girl, you is not lying. I had my own encounter with faith. And your job is to tell somebody else about your encounter with faith. Because they, they, they faith may be low, 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 like little than a muscle seed. So if you tell them about your encounter with faith, that's going to boost their faith a little bit more because they're going to be like, well, hey, if he did it for her or if he did it for him, I know he could do it for me. Like, I have faith. I only have one listener. But I have so much faith that God is going to get whatever I have to say out, whether it be whatever I feel like I have to say, that he's going to give me millions of listeners. And I only have one listener right now. And you be like, girl, you is tripping. No, I'm not. I have that much faith. I have, if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't do it. I could be doing a thousand and one things right now. I don't have to be podcasting. And like I, I got four kids. There's a whole lot of stuff I could be doing. But I'm sitting here talking to y'all about what I know. What I experience, what I go through every day. Hoping that I ain't the only one that go through it. And I know for a fact, I know for a guaranteed fact. I'm going to have millions of listeners. People are going to be beating at my door. <laughs> talking about, can you do this? Can you do that? Blase, squase. Now, is that my hope and dream? No. I don't hope and dream for it. But I have faith that it's going to happen. I have faith that. I have faith that my event planning business is going to be one of the biggest in the world. And you probably saying, girl, you need to stop your plan. Let me tell you something. Nothing is too big for God. And he said, if I go to him, I can ask him for anything and he'll give it to me. Because I'm his child. I'm his child. So if that's the case, me being his child, I don't have to see it. But do I have faith it's going to happen? Yup. Like that song, yup. I have a lot of faith it's going to happen. And it may not happen right away. It may not happen a year from now. It may not happen two years from now. But if I just sit back and let God do his thing, oh, it's going to happen. Because I have just that much faith in him. I know what he do. I know what he do for me every single day that I wake up. I know what he do for me. And I'm pretty sure anything that you want, if you believe in God like I believe in God, you ain't got to see it right now. But you got so much faith it's going to happen, you're going to keep pushing towards it until it happens. 
You're going to let God do the driving and take the wheel. And you're going to be in the one pumping the damn gas, doing the work. He going to be the, the one driving and you're going to be the backseat driver. I meant the backseat driver. Like you got that much faith. You got that much faith. It don't matter what nobody say about your hopes. Nobody say about your dreams. No, it don't matter what nobody say. You have faith in God and I guarantee you it's going to happen. It ain't happened for me yet. But I'm still sitting back and I'm going to wait. I'm going to do the work and I'm going to let him do the rest. And I'm not going to worry about it. I love my one listener. I love my one listener. You know why? Because that means it's one person who want to hear what I got to say. And if I can talk to that one person from person to person, then it is what it is. Me and that person, go. we're going to have a conversation. As long as they listen, I'm going to talk. And I hope that I can give that person an encouraging word and just know that God is real. It don't matter what it look like. It don't matter what it look like. You continue to stand strong. You continue to have faith in God. You continue to know that if he say he going to make it happen, he going to do just that plus more. I want y'all to have a faith-filled day. I want y'all to have so much faith in God that it's scary. I don't want y'all to have that much faith. And I guarantee you, he going to work it out for your good. I want y'all to tune in next next time. I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. I don't ever know until I decide to get on a podcast and talk. But I'm asking that God keep it protected. I'm asking that God gives you your, your heart's desire. I'm asking whatever is going wrong in your life, Lord, I'm asking you to fix it. Whatever it is you want, I'm asking God to give it to you. As long as it's within his will, because we can't want stuff that's not within his will. And I I pray that y'all, you tune in next time. And maybe we'll talk about something else in regards to the Bible. I love talking about the Bible. It's always some interesting stuff. And it's like, I I ain't no pastor, but I can read. So until next time when we meet again, I pray that God keep y'all protected. Give y'all wisdom, guidance, and understanding.